welcome to the Top Order Podcast. We've got a lot of cricket to talk about again. New Zealand, England, we're going to talk a bit of Devon Conway, a bit of Daryl Mitchell, Trent Bolt. What does England's bowling lineup look like for that World Cup? Liam Livingston stepping up in the top order. Harry Brooks' lifeline from Matthew Mott. We'll also talk South Africa, Australia. Another concussion has benefited Marnus Labashain. We've got Warner asked to step up and he has. We'll also cover some Asia Cup as well. All coming up on the Top Order Podcast. Stay tuned. Well, boys, Baldy not here this evening, so I've actually got the headphones on, which really aids the intro, actually. I, I think I've learned a tip there after uh, you four it, years. You the intro if, today. If, if, I can hear the music, and I know where the, know where the cues are. I've just uh, yeah, figured out that I actually spent all my time trying to listen for Baldy's headphones rather than uh, knowing where the cues come in. But, look, it seems a little bit Groundhog Day, to be honest. We, we're sort of uh, a little bit further into this bilateral uh, well, what's the plural of bilateral series all around the world? I don't know, but there seems to be cricket on every single television yeah. um, around the world at the moment in the lead up to the World Cup. Starts on the 5th of October, the opening game, of course, um, a rematch of that 2019 final England, yeah, New Zealand. Let's see about that. Bit of, well, well, I don't know if I'm ready for wall to wall coverage of those replays again. Well, yes, by the barest of margins. But look, we'll talk a little bit about this one day international series, which is, look, I think giving both of the teams some questions uh, to, to answer. Uh, I know New Zealand's squad has now been named. Last week, we talked obviously about Kane Williamson being. Um, confirmed that he was going to be in the squad, but they'd not named the 15. And Spent a lot of time debating what Fenella's role well, would exactly. be. It looks <laughs> yeah. like he'll be, yeah, it looks like he'll be there probably as a, a travelling reserve, you would, have, so. you would have thought. But let's talk a little bit about um, New Zealand, England, and then we'll come on to South Africa, Australia, and, and a little bit of Asia Cup, uh, Asia Cup as well. So l- let's start, I suppose, with that New Zealand batting lineup. Um, I've got to admit, I'm pretty scared of Daryl Mitchell. He looks in imperious form at the moment. Um, but yeah, Conway and Mitchell, good partnership in in game one. Will Young's got a little bit of cricket as well. W- what are your thoughts, I guess, on the way that that New Zealand top order is, is shaping up Stuart and probably Raj as well? Yeah, I think um, for me, watching Conway and Mitchell bat in that first innings sort of gave me... Yeah, I mean, I, I put in our show notes. I mean, we got so excited about Kane last week and talked about him such an important player. I look at that lineup and think, like, Phillips is sort of ready to hit his prime and go in to be a massive player for the World Cup. And obviously Latham is really skilled at playing spin and things. But actually, like, are Mitchell and Conway the most important players in our lineup? Because when you look at it, normally you think the keys to your one-day side are an opener. They probably are a three or four. That's where it looks like Mitchell's going to be slotting in. He's got the, um, I think, what well, Conway we know. We've talked about both of these two guys for, for the past 12 months and about how good they're going. But I think Mitchell, what I like about him is just that he can change tempos very, very quickly. And I don't know, I feel like, yeah, maybe they're the key to our World Cup success. He's such an unassuming bat as well, Daryl Mitchell. And then, but he everything that he's been asked to do, he has delivered on. Uh, he's, he's played well. Just, just looking at that opening when he opened in the 2020 World Cup. Yep. He did more than his um, his his required workload there, and I think that he's able to do it here again. Um, I know we're talking about. Are we going to start talking about who didn't make it with uh, Finn Allen? Oh well, I think let's. Well, we can in terms of so Will Young. I think Will Young mm-hmm. basically has like they've obviously decided Will Young is our option to open. And they've gone, 
I mean, they they sort of talked about it a little bit in the press conference. Gary Stead sort of just talked about uh, that they think Will is the right person for the job is basically the... the Playing spin as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think about it? I mean, I know there was a lot of back and forth on our Slack channel about Finn, and I, I was... I can, from my point of view, I can completely understand that he hasn't taken his chances. What's interesting to me and sort of bizarre about all this is that he was given 18 months basically in this role and then at the last hurdle they've said, okay, now you're not, like, we've shown confidence in you to 18 months and now you're not the one-day opener. Whereas Will Young's been around, like, he could have been the one that they picked all the way through. And But, yeah, that's probably the most surprising part about it for me. I was just under the impression that he would have sort of a, a long leash, a long, a long lead there to keep playing the way he wanted to play to see if he could be successful. Um, he has struggled a little bit with that. That's you know that that's uh, quite obvious to say there if you look at his numbers. Will Young's numbers, while they look a lot better, if you actually delve into them and look who he scored his runs against, mm. it's you know padded a little bit. Um, but he has scored runs in the last sort of what, nine, six, nine months, uh, Will Young. I understand that from the point of view that the World Cup is not somewhere where you go to blood people. You're, you're taking people that are proven players who are going to win you games, but for him to actually miss out on the squad entirely, mm. I'm actually a little bit surprised about. My my worry for you, and, and look, I actually don't mind the, the way that you've gone, and, and I'm probably the lone voice in that Slack channel, I think. Um, I know we've got a lot of Will Young stock on the podcast. but Yeah, we do. Um, I, I think in terms of, you know, I think your comment, Stu, was that, you know, I can't believe that he wasn't, you know, that, that Will Young's in ahead of, of Finn Allen. I've I probably got a little take on it in two parts. Number one, I hope it isn't because they're worried about Kane and they're looking at who's on the depth chart for him and they've gone, well, if he doesn't make it or we don't think he's going to be fit for three or four games and, and, and that means Jung's going to get his chance maybe batting in that top. You know, in that I actually top. think it's the reverse. I actually think it signals that they think Kane is fit right. because the, the replacement players that they're, you know, I guess I would say are on the bench are Chapman and Nisham probably in the batting you know, sense and I would think they slot in further down the order. So... I would say that signals that they think Kane is a good chance, if not to be fit for that first game, to be fit pretty soon after. And I think if uh, you know, if it so happened that Kane wasn't fit, maybe Mitchell would go up to three, and Ever- and Latham would go up to four, and yeah. and those other guys would slot down. So, so I think that was my f- my first point was I hope it isn't for that reason. Mm. And my second point was and I don't think it is. Mm. Um, and and <laughs> and, I, and I think what what we've got to look at is we get a little bit carried away with T Twenty cricket and needing all of those explosive players. If you look at someone like Devon Conway, um, yes, he's relatively early into his one-day international career. He's only played 20 games. But then when you actually look, even the England side that won the World Cup in 2019, they've only played something like 33 games since then or something like that. But he's averaging uh, 50 in one-day international cricket. He's striking uh, nearly 90. You've got Daryl Mitchell, who's a similar... Uh, yeah, similar amount of games into his international career, striking at 96. Um, you've got obviously then Kane, you've got Will Young, you've got um, Phillips, who is going to provide some of that, you know, explosive play. And then and Latham as well, who 
against Spinner particularly, has been very, very impressive over the past sort of 18, 24 months. So I think that that's New Zealand's game plan um, in terms of the cattle that they would like on the pitch and, and that they think are going to be successful in, in India. So, look, time will tell whether that's the right decision. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to the Harry Brook conversation, which is a pretty similar one for England as well. Mm. Um, but I don't think you can grumble too much with, with the way that they've gone from a batting lineup perspective. No, you're, you're, you're right. I guess that leads me to my next question. I'll ask you, Stu, what does that top six actually look like? Because one of those guys has to miss out. You'd assume Conway's in, you'd assume Kane Williamson's in, so that's one, three, and Latham at five. So then you've got Will Young. I think it's simple, actually. Will Young opens, uh, Mitchell bats four, uh, Phillips bats six, and I think that they will. I think the question is whether they try and somehow manufacture Santner not batting mm. at seven. And, um, you know, if you look back to the nine, nine, uh, 19 World Cup, now I'm sort of doubting myself, but I'm sure Nisham was in there at seven. I may now be wrong thinking about it, but I guess it was because we didn't have Sodi in the lineup all the time, so we didn't have two spinners. But now, because I, I guess that is probably my... When I look at that top six, I think that's great. Like, that is a really... You know, yes, Will Young's a question. Will Young he seems to like look like he's going to get runs every single every innings. Yeah. Like, even that first ODI, he's going along nicely, 20-odd, and then just, I don't know, it was a pretty good nut from Adil Rashid, leg, nice leg spinner, but... He missed it, seemed to miss it by a long way and get bowled. Second game, he gets 30-odd, looking really nice, gets run out. So he just seems to get starts and then get out. It, it doesn't quite kick on, and I guess that's... that. I think we were saying this six months ago when they were in Pakistan and he was getting his opportunities then. But, you know, Will Young aside, I think that top six is very, very strong. Santner, I, I think, can do the job at seven. You know, Baldy's always very worried about Ashton Agar and mentions him very regularly as being a player who's, you know, one half a spot too high yeah. sometimes in lineups. But you get past there, and we've seen in this series against England when it go when Santner is the one either left with the tail or the one that gets out. Sodi, Southey, uh, Ferguson, Henry, Bolt. Yes, they can all swing the willow, but they can all crumble quite quickly as well. So I guess whether they try and weaken the bowling to bring in an Isham or a Chapman or someone like that will probably be the question. Chapman. I'm a massive fan of, 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 of Mark Chapman. Do you think that, that obviously it was a call made on balance, do you think that's the right call to take him ahead of another batsman maybe? Well, I think that I think they've gone, yeah, I think they've gone with him instead of Finn Allen, right? I think if you look at the... When I think about that squad as a whole, probably the two most unlucky players, when I look at it, are Finn Allen and Adam Milne. Adam Milne, I think probably... I, I do wonder if that uh, injury that he's now got and the fact that he just hasn't been able to stay fit for a long enough time over you know tournaments and certainly one day, you know, New Zealand domestic seasons, he hasn't really been able to do it for such a long time now whether that counted against him. But I think that probably Chapman adds, if, if you're talking about a bench player, a guy who's going to come in you know, and be able to fit a number of roles, Chapman makes more sense to me than Allen because Allen can be an opener, right? I don't think he can come in and play any other roles. Whereas Mark Chapman, if he comes into the team, he could come in and bat three. He could come in and bat four, five, six, could come in and do any of those roles. Mm. So I think... Yes, if we're thinking Kane Williamson and all these other guys are going to stay fit the whole time, which is what we want and what we hope, what the coaching staff I'm sure hopes, then Chapman, yeah, to me, makes makes the most sense to be there. 
in terms of that batting lineup, and we'll come on to the bowlers in a sec as well. I'm just really keen. You know, we've talked quite a lot. I think about. Um, we, you know, Bordy often uses this. I know I do at times as well. I, you know, say someone's a good seven and a half. And I think you can get away with that in T20. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. okay, you might lose a game as a result of that. In ODIs, though, I think, you know, England have, have batted, you know, for example, someone like Chris Wokes as high as seven, which is definitely half a spot um, too high. What... Where do you think those kind of balance conversations are? Is it going to be matchup based? Do you think lineup based? Where you need players against spin, etc. Which routes are you going to you know look at? What are the permutations? Because you've gotten six nailed on batters, probably a choice to make at seven, and then we'll come on to the yeah, come on to the bowlers, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. You you can chime in if you want here, Raj, as well. But I, I think it'll be very simple. I, I think they will just go with Santner. I, I just think for the balance of the side and the way we want to do things, that top six, yes, Mitchell can bowl a few overs. Yes, Phillips can bowl a few overs. But I don't think that they'll show... I don't think they'll want to have to trust those guys to come in and do the job. And the same with Nisham, even, to come in and say Nisham comes in and bats seven and he can bowl a few overs, it weakens your bowling lineup pretty significantly because you've either got to leave out Sodi or you've got to leave out one of the three slash four seamers that I think they're going to have a hard time squeezing into three already. And this is the thing, right? We talk about data-driven decisions. It's essentially a money ball equation here. We need 300 runs, and we need bowlers that can bowl five, 50 overs at under six runs per over. I think that our biggest weakness is that last 10 overs. Who, who is going to bowl mm. 10 overs at under sixes consistently? Um, and that's why that, you know, seven and a half, that makeup is, is is a bit tricky for the New Zealand side. It's a lot different for, you know, the Indias, the, the Australians who seem to just have those those players who can do all of that. But, uh, yeah, it is a conundrum. I, I don't know the way to go for that. Um, but, yeah, money ball. I saw some stats on uh, average scores at all of New Zealand's grounds, and there is a couple where it's up at that 300 range, but a lot of them were in the 230s, 240s, 250 kind of range as well. And, you know, mate, recent pitches that I've seen in India and in ODIs, certainly when New Zealand went over there, you know, they were 380 pitches, some of them that were we played on. So... I think it could go a number of different ways. But I also think if we look back to that 2019 World Cup, that's what everyone said, right? The 350 World Cup or whatever it was, and it just never happened. New Zealand said, okay, we're going to play our not necessarily conservative style of... But a 260-280 Yeah, we're going to put runs on the board or we're going to back ourselves to get whatever you get and we're going to, yeah, we're just going to go and play our game. And and it worked incredibly well. And I think that that's probably what they're thinking again. We're going to try and bring in our best bowlers... And our batters will just have to trust our batters to do the job. Let's come on to the bowlers. Um, so Trent Bolt returned in game two. We, we've talked a lot about who the New Zealand top three seamers are. Lockie Ferguson is going to be captain in the side, isn't he? I think um, in this Bangladesh uh, series. Bang, Bangladesh series. Um, I caught as well a, a brief radio interview this week uh, with Tim Southey. Um, and look, this is probably a broader point, but he said, you know, Trent, uh, choosing when he's going to play as I think he said put a cat amongst the pigeons um, I just want to throw that out there just to wind you boys up yeah but, yeah no, I think they're very those, good friends so yeah. I don't think there's too much hard yeah. feelings there but, but, but in terms of those three yeah three seamers um, Carl Jameson's obviously come back in for this series as well hasn't looked 
He's sh- well, short of a gallop, hasn't he? Really? Any, any, yeah, Walker. and he missed yeah. out of the yeah. squad. He's not. Yeah, he's not there. Yeah. So, um, but who, who are? Yeah, who are the guys that you know? You think of those three, and we talked about Milne, um, obviously not in the squad. Who do you think is the guy that might come in, or do you think they've got two or three options? When, when inevitably you'll get an injury through this tournament with the, with the format of it, you would have thought. I think if Milne's fit, he'll be the one that's on the bench and over over on the whether it's non-traveling reserve or traveling reserve yeah. or whatever it is, but. I mean, what do you think about this third seamer? Because I think Henry and Bolt in my head are just absolutely locked in. Bolt, 100%. You saw him come back in that game. Within, you know, two or three overs, he's got rid of Bearstow. He's got rid of uh, Root. He's got rid of Stokes. Stokes kind of helped him out quite a bit on that last shot. But, um, you know, I think he you even look, I said to Raj before, you look at his numbers, 100 ODIs. He's got 190 wickets. Num- regardless of how long he's spent outside of the New Zealand squad in recent times, He's, if not the the number one white ball bowler in the world, he's very, very close to that. He's in the conversation. Henry's done a great job as well. I'm a little bit biased towards, I think, Ferguson's been struggling. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I want your perspective because I do think he offers a different... He's offers something different than what, what Saudi can do. And even in that uh, first ODI, he ran in, he bounced, you know, bounced out a wicket kind of just something that we don't have if we don't play him. So I think that's probably the toughest call. Yeah, I mean, just just on bulk, just before I answer that question, it was really good to see him back. I'm going to overlook uh, the contract stuff for now. It is a bit of a a thorn in in, in my side. I'd I'd really hate to see that. Um, But it was great to see him back. And he's clearly head and shoulders sort of ahead of the pack at the moment. Um, Henry uh, has done the job for, for, for a long time now. So I think you're right there with one and two. With Saudi, for me, he's a clear three. He's the clear third for me. Yep. Um, mainly because we just talked about that money ball approach. He is going to give you consistent results. He may go every now and then, get hit, but mm. he is generally going to give you that 40 runs, 45 runs, one or two wickets. Uh, and sometimes he may even come off with it with, with a few more wickets. Um, then I feel like there's a little bit of a golf. Then you've got the whole... Uh, Ferguson and, and Milne, and then there's a real, real drop-off after that, I think, in terms of yeah. our seamers. But you're right, Ferguson has looked to be struggling. There was a time, maybe 24 months ago, where he was really, really on top of his game, bowling quick, bowling really, really aggressively and taking wickets. Um, that is not what's happening at the moment. No, no, not at all. Yeah, look, I think, you know, to, to finish, to put a bow on that sort of New Zealand stuff and when we'll... We'll let you chat a bit here, Binksy, about England because they've got a few questions mm-hmm. to answer as well. But yeah, I think the, I, I think the only worry I have about Saudi is the the stuff that you mentioned before bowling at the death because I do think that's a that's a challenge for him now. Uh, the way he's going, yes, he's very smart. He's been able to adapt his game, but yeah, that's probably the one area as well that I'm the most scared about for New Zealand's bowling attack. And I think they're going to have to get creative to try and you know work work out how they get those last 10 get through those last 10 overs without too much damage Binksy England questions to answer Liam Livingston was someone you kind of mentioned last week in terms of in our Harry Brook conversation you know maybe Livingston is sort of some Livingston Milan there are you know Roy there are a few other people that you were saying okay if Brook is going to come in these are actually the kind of people that we we should start thinking about that might be able to drop out. You even mentioned the bowlers, who I, you know, the more I look at that squad, the more I think England do have a lot of bowlers in there. Livingston's, like quite a few people that we mentioned last week, has come through absolutely delivered in these last couple of ODIs. 
uh, I, I think he's kind of nailed down his spot now as a pretty important cog in that that England lineup. And and is his bat regulation sized? <laughs> the ball does go seems a long to, way. Seems to yeah, come off. Yeah, um, yeah. If that's what you're clinging to, um, <laughs> you, you you carry on. Um, look, I think. No one's really nailed down still for me the, the, the argument. Um, Jason Roy missed the last game with, I think, mm. a back uh, spasm. Uh, David Milan was off on paternity leave, so he didn't get a chance to, to kind of really advance um, his cause, uh, but obviously scored 50 in the, in the first game. I, yep. I think he's on the plane. His record over the last 12 months, I, I really don't think you can argue um, too much about that. He looked, um, yeah, looked looked a bit shaky in the first couple of overs in that game, and then just looked just started crunching it. And uh, I kind of thought for a minute there, New Zealand was was thinking we'd rather we'd rather bowl to Milan in the in the World Cup than Brook, so we'll just give him a few wide half volleys and get him into form. Yeah, well, you know, it, maybe that's been the plan for the last eighteen months as he's ranked <laughs> in the top ten in, in both uh, both white ball formats. So look, I think. Um, no one's really nailed that batting spot down. It'll be interesting to see the game uh, is on Wednesday night, uh, the next game, and then mm. I think Sunday um, is, is the final game of this series. Um, well, no, Friday, sorry, I think is the final game of the series, the, fi- the 15th. Um, and I think that the, there needs to be someone that takes that opportunity, probably, uh, you know, Jason Roy, if he's fit again. Um, because otherwise, you know, there's got to be some questions if someone like Harry Brook does actually uh, come in and, and score some runs either in that uh, that game or through the Ireland series where I believe he's going to play a little bit of a part in, in that. Mm. Um, the, the interesting thing for me, and look, it's difficult because it was a rain-reduced game, obviously that second one-day international, yeah. was Livingston didn't get a bowl and Adil Rashid was rested. So um, if you look at England, if they're going to play... Uh, two spinners and and get through you know close to twenty overs of two spinners. It's probably going to be Adil Rashid and Moeen Ali um, as as the first uh, as the first two. Um, so the fact that Livingston didn't bowl, um, I've just got a question mark around how much he will bowl in that in that tournament. And then the question is really you know which is the better batting option out of Harry Brook, uh, Jason Roy, um, and, and probably Liam Livingston if that's the route that they're gonna. Um, they're going to go. Um, I think interesting as well that Harry Brooks opened the batting as well. That you know that I think they're trying to manufacture um, potentially a, a way to yeah, a way to get him into that um, that squad. Do Do you think that they're holding much? Like how much sway both of you? Like even recent performances from Finn, for example, like and Harry Brook. So you know he was going great in those first couple of T twenties. Since then, I think he's struggled quite a bit. He's got eight. Four twenty-five, two in his last four digs. Do you, like these guys have played for two, you know, been around the scene for twelve months. Do we think that these last two weeks are actually making an impact, or, or not? Is it mainly like is it mainly these guys are, have their names on the piece of paper, and only an extraordinary performance would sway it? I think Harry Brook has forced his way in uh, based on his performances uh, since the team got named uh, the preliminary team. Uh, with Finn Allen, I'm not sure about the the New Zealand one. I think Harry Brook might be like a an outlier. Mm. I, I think it's more likely that it hasn't actually affected it. The Finn Allen one confuses me a little bit. It's a bit like a high school romance. There's a few mixed <laughs> messages there. He's still opening the batting, but he can't make the the World Cup side. Um, yeah, uh, Harry Brook. Yes, the others no. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't look. I don't really know about Finn Allen. Uh, Harry Brook. I'd say. 
Um, I think on 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 potential, absolutely on stats. No, he's five on the internationals. In he averages twenty. Um, his list A record is pretty similar. Mm. Um, and I think England have done one thing over the course of the last two or three years, or, or if they've done one thing over the last two or three years, it's shown loyalty to players that have got them to where they've got them. So I personally think Jason Roy is um, someone that Jeff, Joss Butler is looking at as one of his experienced players. Um, the the thing that probably goes against Jason Roy is, you know, he wasn't picked up in the IPL at the start of the tournament. He did come in as a late uh, replacement. Yeah, did all right. Um, and did all right. Um, so I think, you know, the, the fact that he's got a bit of experience in, in India um, is going to be helpful. So look, I, I think that, you know, I think that Harry Brook might uh, struggle despite the press clamouring for him to be there. Mm. Um and then from a bowling perspective, look, I really have no idea. Yeah. Gus Atkinson, I think, is is the one that um, I think has, has burst onto the scene and grabbed that um, grabbed that opportunity. But then we've also seen some really, really good glimpses from David Willey as well, um, both with bat and ball. Um, and he was unlucky to miss out on that 2019 squad for, for Jofra Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment, he's probably doing enough to, you know, to, to certainly... Um, ease his way ahead of maybe the other left arm seamer that's in the squad. Topley. Uh, uh, Topley. Um, I think Curran will go, um, clearly. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I think that that might be a conversation between uh, between Topley and, and David Willey. And uh, Willey off- obviously offers a lot more with uh, with the Willow. Adul Rashid, you're a, you're a massive fan of Adul Rashid. Do you see a scenario in this World Cup where they play Livingston and Ali? Uh, because... They can bat. They can bat down to ten, nine, ten, with those guys on the side and, and cover twenty overs of spin. Uh, no, yeah, I, th- I think Adil Rashid has got something like ten first class hundreds. Um, I think he, you know he's he's quite capable of batting at um, nine or ten, and uh, and he you know he can clear the rope. So I think if we're worrying about whether he offers us something at number nine. Uh, we've got bigger, you know, bigger mm. problems in that in that side. So, like, the, the only thing I think um, might see them play uh, Livingston and, and Ali would be that Adil Rashid has had a long-standing shoulder problem. Um, there is a lot of cricket in a relatively short space of time, so that there might be a management um, perspective there um, and go to the bullpen for uh, to extend our baseball analogies. <laughs> uh, you know, perhaps against one of the. You know, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, respectfully uh, against one of the lesser nations. Um, but ultimately, your first two spinners, I think, uh, are Rashid and, and Owen Ali. I think there's still space because I was trying to work out who that England first choice bowling attack is. And I, and I do think there probably is still space for um, Ali and Livingston in there. And I think that what yeah, what you're talking about, I would expect probably that 10 overs of that England bowling attack comes from a combination of Ali and Livingston. If they decide it is just Ali, then that's fine as well. But like, I think you nail down Curran. He's definitely in there. You're expecting 10 from him. You're expecting 10 from Rashid for, for all the reasons you just mentioned. I think if he's fit, you're expecting 10 from Wood. Yeah. And then is it Wokes? Is Wokes the next cab off the rank? Because then, yeah, because, yeah, like you said, then there's still Willie, there's still Atkinson, there's still Topley. It seems like, yeah, maybe you don't need all these bowlers if, if there's no way to kind of fit them in. But then England said, I think Mike, uh, Matthew Mott said, he wants to rotate all his bowlers around, right? Yeah, look, I think there'll definitely be some rotation. I think that the thing, and um, Wokes, again, hasn't played much IPL cricket. Um, you know, he's chosen to prioritise mm. his red ball cricket. Um, obviously, has had a knee injury as well for the past sort of 18 months or so. The, the thing that Wokes offers is he is... A guy with the ability to bowl in all phases of the innings. Um, he is 
brilliant with the new ball if there's anything on offer. Mm. And we've talked about pitches a little bit. Indian pitches have actually offered a little bit to quality seam bowling over the course of the last two or three years. So yep. um, if there's anything there, he will exploit it with that white kookaburra. He can bowl in the, in the middle overs. Um, and he's also turned himself into a, you know, a really, really good guy at the death. Um, bowls into the wicket, you know, slower ball bounces, has got really good changes of pace, nails his, nails his Yorker. Um, yeah, so look, I, I think he, again, is, is one that they'll show a pretty decent degree of loyalty to, particularly given he's come back into form through the Ashes series. He looks fit, he looks healthy, um, and he's from Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> um, is he? Yeah. Let, let's, let's move on. Um, no Australian representation on the podcast, so we can really lay into the, the <laughs> green and gold, um, as we normally do, to be honest, even when our resident Australian is here. Um, South Africa, Australia, um, some talking points there. Another concussion um, has changed Marna Slabashane's career, potentially. Amazing, isn't it? Um, David Warner is you know looking very likely to be uh, paraded around the SCG in a limousine <laughs> on his test retirement now. Um, and then, you know, Baldy's asked a couple of questions as well of Ashton Agar. Um, I think we all agree that Australia are a good side. Maybe Baldy still doesn't. Um, and then we've also got Temba Bavuma's efforts going unrewarded as, as well. What do we want to say about this, yeah, South Africa-Australia series? I think we've got to talk a bit about Labashane, don't we? I mean, he obviously wasn't picked in this initial 15 Con- yeah, concussion again, kind of bizarre. Cam Green gets his gets concussed. Yeah, Manus comes in, scores a match winning eighty odd. Nick backs it up next game as Australia pile on almost four hundred. Manus scores another hundred. I mean, we're talking about you know can guys force their way in in, in the last couple of weeks? I think when you look at that. That that's how you do it. You go and score a match winning innings, and then you back it up with a hundred. I mean. Yeah, I, I, it's very, it's very compelling to now take someone like him to the to the World Cup. They've got to be thinking about it pretty hard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, so Steve Smith's not available for this. Not for this series. So but he's probably taking that spot there. But yeah. look, he can't do much more, can he? Than then score that eighty odd in the hundred that he um, that he scored there. I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen the innings, but hundreds a hundred. Uh, sounds like he looked good. Warner for me is a bit more impressive. Uh, when I say that, because he's been under a little bit of pressure yeah. to score runs, especially at the top of the order. Um, I like seeing him score runs as well. I know that's not a popular opinion. <laughs> um, so I'm happy that he scored some runs and we'll see him in India for the World Cup, hopefully. I, I think the thing with Manus, um, as much as, yes, I think he could, like he's kind of forced, you know, maybe he forces his way in here. And I think probably if he does, when I look at that squad, it'd be, it'd be for Cam Green because... When we've talked in you know at length about all these Australias that or the, all these all rounders that Australia has, Stoinis, Maxwell's, Agar, all these other players, they probably don't need Cam Green unless he's going to be a significant. Like they don't need. I don't think they need him as a bowler, and I don't think that he's necessarily doing enough with the bat at the moment to sort of earn his spot. You look surprised, Pinksy, with that. No, I don't necessarily look surprised. I'm just trying to look at the permutations that Australia have got. So you'd think Steve Smith obviously comes back in. Mm. Um, Josh Inglis has probably got to go because he's the reserve gloveman. Um, And Alex Carey, obviously, the the, the incumbent. But the conversation might be around a Tim David or a Cameron Green. Um, And obviously... And David's not there either, so... Yeah, so so I think... Yeah, look, I I think that, you know, Australia have got this... um, 
Yeah, again, we, we talk about India's embarrassment of riches. Australia now do have, you know, a lot of different permutations. And, you know, I think we've talked a lot about these squads that have been named. There's a lot of water to go into these bridges. I don't think any of these are inked mm-hmm. in. So they've named the 15, but, um, you know, as New Zealand have, have England, well, everyone has had to, you know, do that pre- mm. preliminary squad or provisional squad. When is that locked in? Is it end of this month? Yeah, end, end, end of, of the month. month. I, I do, yeah, I do think for New Zealand, they've kind of gone to the effort of a big announcement. They, mm. they people have been glowing at the social media posts that they did of all the like uh, kids and grandmas and all of the stuff that have been saying. You know, these are who these are who the players are selected. So I do think for New Zealand. That squad is pretty nailed on, but I, I agree. Just influence, mate. Is trying to get some feel-good factor. I, I think for these other squads that named them very early, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, and look, but look, when you look at that Australian lineup, yeah, where where could Labuschagne come in? Because you've got Warner, you've got Head, then Marsh bats three, Smith bats four, Maxwell Stoyness. They have to pick Kerry or they have to pick Inglis. So that's your top seven. I, I don't see how Manus can slot into that side ahead of any of those other players unless. They're really if struggling Green's about. Fit, he's gone right. Like he is, he's the future of Australian cricket. He Seems played to be the he played all right boy. in the the IPL. I know it was a bit sporadic, but when he was on, he was on. Yeah, he batted well. He bowled well. Um, I would expect to see him. And and maybe that's their thinking, right? If they go, okay, well, Labuschagne, the only thing he can do is come in and be. If if this is our top seven that we're going to go with. You know, the only thing he can do is provide batting cover, whereas Green can provide cover in a number of different areas. Not that they necessarily need millions of different more all-rounders, but yeah, he probably provides more balance to that squad than than Labuschagne does. And yeah, be pretty unlucky to miss out after those performances. But like mm-hmm. you say, it's a embarrassment of riches some of these squads have. Let's move on to South Africa. Temba Bavuma, we talked a little bit about him on the podcast uh, well, probably a couple of weeks ago now. Um, he's got some form, 100, and, 100 odd in uh, the first game. 107 yeah. ODIs, I think, this year. Yeah. Um, and 40 odd in the last game. So, What have the other scores been? I think they're all the other three are ducks. Well, he's got, <laughs> he, he, does have, yeah, he does have two ducks in the T20s and, yeah, I think 30 odd in, in the other one. Um, but yeah, I, I guess um, yeah, a timely bit of form for for him, particularly with the with the captain's armband as well. South Africa's such a I, I just have no read on them because we you know watching this series, they're getting absolutely destroyed. But then you look at that lineup and you can you can pretty well I can convince myself that they could do some damage still because of the players they have in that lineup. You know, Quentin de Kock, Vavuma. Vanderdussen, Markram, Klaassen, Miller, that that top six, six or seven, it's got a lot of experience in the IPL now. They they all can score quickly. They can be threatening players, and then even Rabada, Janssen, Ngidi, Maharaj, like that's a pretty good eleven, <laughs> but they're just not putting it together, and it's it's certainly not happening for them in this series. You definitely feel like they could put it together for a one off performance, mm. but to go through a tournament format you think that i feel like they're just going to struggle rabada he is such a good bowler but he doesn't look like he's in the form where he's going to take five wickets and nah. and grab a game by the scruff of it, scruff of its neck um the other one for me why is no one talking about aiden makra bowling so much surely there's so <laughs> he's got he's got uh, some dirt on 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 him <laughs> Bavuma, and that's why he's getting so many overs well he was bowling a lot when he was in, in the t20s when he was captain as well yeah. he, it, look i mean yeah i i don't think he's going to be a crucial cog to their bowling, but he, he seems like someone that's going to get a few overs and, you know, in, in Indian conditions. From a, from a spin point of view, do you think that they are settled on the Maharaj, 
Shamsi, yeah. kind of, you said Maharaj there is probably your first choice? Uh, I mean, Shamsi, yeah, I mean, Shamsi, I think would, yeah, it's tough. I think it's a tough call. They might they might think Shamsi's the number one. I still really, I've always sort of liked Maharaj. I think he, you know, adds quite a lot, uh, both with the ball, obviously can bat a little bit as well, but, you know, mainly with the ball is where I look at things. And, yeah, I don't know. I just think he provides a lot of control. I think he can spin the ball. Yeah, I've always liked him. But I th- if you look at, you know, the way that they've balanced the side the last couple of years, Shamsi's often been the white ball uh, preferred option there. So I, I I think there's a good chance they probably both play, mainly because of the way some of these seamers are struggling. I mean, conditions, yes, most of these sides are probably going to look at two spinners anyway, but especially for South Africa with the way some of their seamers are going, even Rabada, who is someone that we thought was just a locked down 10 overs of quality now, yeah. he's starting to go air miles, as you might say, you know, it, it's just not happening for him. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. But even from two years ago when he was dominating the IPL to even the last rounds of the IPL, the stuff for for South Africa now, it's he doesn't seem to be the bowler like you said that he that he was twelve months ago, eighteen months ago. Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree, with Raj, and I, I think I'd probably just say if this was a T Twenty World Cup, I, I think South Africa would have a little bit of a chance of, of maybe. Um, having a little bit of a run, I I I think people are fancy Maharaj um, from a from a spin perspective. I, yeah, I think you'll see a few players, uh, yeah, uh, dancing down the wicket and hitting him into the high vault. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, look, uh, um, yeah, I I think that that's their weakness. Um, that you know that their spin options. Mm-hmm. Um, and then look, I still think there's you know there's a, there's a little bit of still that sort of cricketing political unrest there isn't there i still think there's a few yeah, yeah. a few skeletons in some yeah some cupboards there in terms of yeah cricket south africa which can't yeah can't help that can't help the players should we move on to the uh the india pakistan cup sorry the asia <laughs> the asia cup um so that's going no, on stick with it that, that's what it is isn't it that's what it's become um so yeah in the super fours it, yeah we, we're now into that stage i'm not even gonna attempt an explainer um, but we've got people hitting form left, right and centre. Uh, KL Rahul we talked about as a wicket-keeping option. Ishan Kishan didn't even get a bat in the last game due to his 100 and, yeah, a sublime 100 from uh, from Raj's man, uh, Virat, as well. Virat, yeah. Oh, look. Uh, Virat's a big fan of Raj. Oh, no, it's such <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure, Virat, I'm sure Virat's a fan as well, isn't he? Yeah. Look, uh, I mean, I think what, uh, I think on Rahul, I mean... Full credit to him. He's come back from injury and just gone straight straight into a hundred. And I think uh, I still think Kishan is the the wicket keeping option they'll go with. I think probably you know what Rahul scoring those runs has probably hurts Shreyas Iyer's chances of of slotting it in the middle order. So when when they they've named a World Cup World Cup squad, it looked as though Shreyas Iyer was going to get a bit of a run at number mm. four. That was the indication. Um, I don't know. That he's injured. I yeah, don't a back spasm. Oh, okay, yeah, so these it's not back a long spasms term. are uh, yeah, proven quite costly. Mm. I do feel like Shreyasire is is sort of the, the the choice there, the first choice at number four. But interestingly, this has answered a question that we had with can Ire and and uh, Kishan coexist, and it seems as they as though they can. Um, incredible sort of bottle. Uh, mental toughness to come in and score that hundred when everyone's talking about you. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very very um, happy for Kao Rahul. It's called the hundred, and I, I still haven't seen the Virat Kohli hundred, but it sounds like it was magical. So I'll have to get that on. on yeah, Sky. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, 
I've said it many times. When he scores runs, it's pretty awesome to watch, isn't it? And, you know, he's going to be... I, I think that was his 47th ODI 100 when we did our Hall of Fame. I know you mentioned that he has... Four, that Sachin has 49, and I started seeing, you know, this is Verratt's... I think Crick Info might have posted uh, this is Verratt's 47th 100. Will he, by the end of the World Cup, have broken Sachin's record? And look, he could. It's obviously very... Very much within his grasp now, and I mean, it's astonishing to have nearly fifty ODI hundreds. It really is, and a lot of them chasing as well in chasing situations. So, yeah, yeah. he's pretty good in there. I, I think the person probably I want to highlight from the we're talking about the India Pakistan game, although that's you know, like you said, that's sort of any that's all this Asia Cup seems to be. Although now, uh, because Pakistan got thumped so heavily in this game. I think uh, there's a chance that Sri Lanka can... Uh, they're relying now on Sri Lanka's results to actually qualify for the final, whereas, you know, if they'd kept it tight, it might have might have changed things there. But Kuldeep Yadav is the one that I really want to highlight because, I don't know, 18 months ago, 12 months ago, he couldn't make his IPL side. Like, this is a seriously impressive turnaround from, from him. He's now, I, I don't know... There may be the number one spinner in the, going into this World Cup. I, I, he would be in my books. He's the most, you know, the most threatening of him. Akshar Ravi Jadeja. He's fought off Yuzvendra Trihal, who's a very good bowler. Although he's, you know, he's had his struggles. struggles as well. He's fought off Ravi Ashwin. Like, yeah, embarrassment of riches. They've they've got loads and loads of spinners that could be in this mix. You know, uh, yeah, Varun as well. Loads of players that that they've tried. And Yadav, I think if you read everything that uh, people that are close to him say, they talk about the technical changes that he's made over the past sort of three or four months, maybe even before that. I'm probably not close enough, don't know enough about, uh, haven't watched enough of him bowl to, to kind of comment too heavily on that. But you definitely notice the speed that he's bowling seems to be quicker. His like he He's kind of getting through players, whereas sometimes before it seemed like he was loopy and players... Could he yeah, dance down the wicket or get to him? Yeah. But now he seems to just be in total control of his game. And, I mean, on on in those conditions, he could have a massive impact on this World Cup. Yeah, and I think that the, the way that the Indian lineup is going to probably work out, that they've got the ability to get Ravi Jadeja and Ashwin and probably Kuldeep into the Axe same... In, yeah. uh, sorry, Axar into the same side if, they, if yeah. they want to as well, um, which I think makes such a, you know, such a big difference in terms of being able to play something that is a little bit different. You know, yeah. we, we don't see a lot of left-arm uh, left wrist spinners. Um, Kuldeep Yadav, I think, started as a seamer as well. So maybe, really? maybe that's something to do with the, you know, the pace that he's getting Ages through. Ages did the, 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 the Breaking news. Yeah, oh, I don't think it's breaking news. I think it's <laughs> the start of his career. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, look, I, I love watching him bowl. I really yeah. do. I, I love watching any leg spinner bowl. But th- th- there's a point of difference with it with a left arm wrist, wrist spinner that's yeah pretty pretty exciting to watch, particularly because he's got that uh, got the wrong one as well. Mm. Um, and you can make players look very silly bowling that wrong one from from over the wicket, can't you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of respect for um, Kuldeep Yadav because he really struggled to make a Virat Kohli led Indian side for for a long time. Mm. Um, 
but he's managed to work his way in there with Ravi Jadeja, with Aksha, with Ra, uh, Ravi Ashwin um, sort of standing in, in his way. But I think that he adds a massive point of difference uh, when we talk about you know data-driven decisions, we talk about matchups, uh, having a spinner that can turn the ball the other way uh, to the other left-arm spinners they've got is going to be massive for India. And you're right, he's the kind of bowler who actually takes wickets. Yeah. He's not there to sort of stem the flow of runs. Yeah. He's going to go out there and he's going to get wickets. He may be a tad expensive every now and then, but if he takes five wickets, four wickets, um, home and host. Let's finish the pod on a, a, a point of levity. Well, at least levity for, for, for us uh, as we put this in the, the run notes. Um, we were talking earlier on, We've uh, Raj and I have both uh, been overseas recently. We've seen the New Zealand uh, Warriors um, analytics teams in various airport lounges looking at statistics and you know providing a massive amount of value to their um, on-field performance um, looks as if the uh, Afghanistan um, analysts might have also no. been um, in in the uh, first class lounge but that, that they were browsing uh, yeah. browsing Instagram because they've, they've they've come up with a bit of a DLS calamity here haven't they yeah you've got to feel for them I mean especially yeah some of those guys that kind of got them to that point they were in a you know they had what was it 295 they had to get in in 30 odd overs or 30 whatever 37.1 overs they thought they had to chase it down and then uh, Rashid goes bang bang you know four or three fours from four balls and then Mujib holes out they think it's all over and so they just block out those two balls I mean surely you block surely the first block someone's running out there with a with a sheet. With a sheet. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. The flashbacks all come back to Boucher, right? Boucher going, Boucher blocking it, which is, yeah, yeah very some very happy memories and funny memories from, from yeah. a New Zealand point of view, not so much from I'm, South Africa. I'm not a massive fan of, uh, you know, laying blame, but whose fault is that? Because, you know, afterwards the, the team was sort of, t- it's Jonathan Trotts, the coach, isn't he? Yeah. There was, you know, some mention, they, they weren't told that they, you know, could go past the target and, mm. you know, you know how, how that works. Do you think they should have got some direct direction there from the, you know, the sheets that they run out saying you need to get it by this, but if you go past the score, you can do it in this many balls. Do you think that, that comes from the ICC or that's something that they have to unpack themselves? So I'm pretty sure you get the Duckworth-Lewis sheets um, at the at the innings break. Yeah. So you know exactly what... You get them what, in the media yeah, box, don't you? You get them in the media box, you can yeah, make paper planes out of them and all sorts. <laughs> so, I, But I'm not sure it went past... If you know what I mean, it didn't go past. Yeah, if, if you all, get two ninety five. Yeah. So, so I think that that you know, look, I don't know yeah. what their hierarchy is, and you know, all I don't know what their risk matrix looks like, Raj. <laughs> but s- someone must have responsibility for yeah. interpretation of the you know the rules. Um, so you know, I, I think there would have been a robust conversation somewhere in that backroom stuff. I, d- I don't necessarily think you can put it on. Um, the players that you oh, know no. that they need to be they need to it's know that there's a game situation unfolding but they you know they need to be unencumbered to deliver the the output that's required to, to get the, the runs or, or wickets that are needed to get ahead of that permutation so absolutely that's a part of the analytics staff um, in my view maybe it's the same as what we all encounter at home they couldn't get the printer to connect to the wi-fi <laughs> and they just could, they just couldn't get you know they couldn't get the printout they were there they were filling up their ink cartridges they were doing the reset you know installing the firmware Turn, turning it on and off yeah Turn it on and off. <laughs> all, all that all that kind of stuff well look, hopefully we don't see that in the, the yeah. tournament uh tournament proper and um, 
I think that is the end of the pod for this evening. We'll obviously be back next week. We'll wrap up um, the series that are going on. We've also got our World Cup preview show um, coming up as well. And then plenty, not only in the lead up to that tournament, but plans to record throughout the course of this one day international world yeah, cup already shifted to the the uh, the white ball stuff already white ball shirts already already shifted but um for now that is good night and god bless from us all here in auckland and um, we'll hopefully be back as a as a four ball uh, next week uh, with michael in the ring um, but for now it is good night god bless see you soon good night